Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Battlefield Show. I am Scott Gibson, your Commander-in-Chief, guiding you through the battlefield of life. You know what you're here for. No more messing about. Stick the tape in. Hit the track. Onwards! intro welcome dear listeners to the battlefield show episode one and we're off i mean you lucky fuckers here at ground zero day one episode one many years from now many years from now dying in your beds which you trade every day from this (laughs) many years from now you will be able to say, after we are thousands of episodes into this podcast, you will be able to turn to your loved ones, turn to your friends, turn to your children, and say, I was there from the start. So welcome, and thank you for tuning in. Um, now, it's, it's odd, it's strange, I'm not going to lie to you. I am used to doing... Uh, these podcasts um, with at least one other person, Mr. Malakali, the, the wonderful, beautiful, talented DJ, entrepreneur, housewife's favourite, co-host of the Hashtag Show, and of course, um, not so long ago, Mr. Gary Little as well. Um, 
but this is a side project. That's all it is, a side project. Those of you who, who know me will know that I have moved to Edinburgh um, in the last few months and um, I'm out here on my own, you know what I mean? So this is a this is something I've wanted to do for a while and, and I also knew that as soon as I posted um, on social media that I was doing this um, new show that the, the floodgates would open with uh, heroes, you know? That big man. Does this mean it's the end of the hashtag show? Say it ain't show, governor. That, that is not happening. I can assure you that. This is simply a wee side project that I've got going on. The hashtag show will return stronger than ever in November. So don't worry. But right now, it's all about the Battlefield show. A brand new show for me. And I'm shitting it. I'm not going to lie to you. Everything I do, I want it to be of a certain standard. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to feel as though I'm giving you... Um, something real, something, something from, from myself, um, and I'm hoping that's what this is. Now, to be open from the start, this is episode one, but this is actually the eighth, possibly ninth time that I have recorded episode one of the Battlefield show. I have wanted to do a solo podcast kind of thing, um, for quite some time. Now, that's not to say that I won't have some guests in the future. Um, one of the, the reasons for doing this is because when you travel, it's very boring um, being stuck in hotels. And I know that some people think the life of a comedian or a musician or something like that is all rock and roll, and it's not at all. A lot of the time, you're stuck in shit hotels, killing time until the gig, because you don't want to spend a lot of money, you're wasting your wages, and I have often thought this would be a perfect opportunity for me to record podcasts if I'm on the road, or to do interviews, um, sit down and have a chat with some other comics on the bill, that kind of thing. Could be serious topics, could be could be more playful stuff, could be fun, it can be whatever I want it to be, and that's what I hope that the Battlefield show will become. Now... Like I said, this is about the eighth or ninth time I actually, this is how sad it is, I actually recorded the very first episode of this in March of this year, March 2019, we're now in October and I still haven't put out an episode and what would happen is I, I would record it, I would, I would listen back, well actually I would record it and I would think, do you know what, that went quite well, that wasn't as bad as what I thought. And then I would come home from travelling or I'd, I'd, I'd do some work or whatever I had to do and maybe, maybe pick up a day later. And within those 24 hours, it started to stew in my head that, oh, it wasn't that good or I would compare it to other things that I've done. And then I would start to question it and I'd start to pick it apart. And then what I would say is, right, I'll scrap that and I'll do another one. And then eight recordings later, we find ourselves here. And that was the reason really why I posted the stuff online saying that the launch was going to be October the 7th because I thought if I give myself a date and I put it out there that people have seen it I have to commit to it so this is episode one there are no other edits after this there's no take backs there's no restarts no mulligans this is it and genuinely thank you very much indeed for listening there are 
thousands, if not millions of podcasts in the world. I mean, a lot of them are fucking shite. But um, it means a lot you're listening to this. So if you if you came here from other projects, from hashtag uh, welcome heroes. Um, if you're here because you've saw me do stand-up, thank you for listening. And I hope you'll stick with it. It'd be interesting to hear what you think. Interested to hear what you'd like to see um, or what you'd like me to discuss. Now, I've got a few things I want to talk about. I've got a couple of sections coming up in the show that will be reoccurring um, for each episode. We're going to do a, a news section where we'll look at some news items from across the globe, across various battlefields. We'll have some listeners' questions eventually once we get some of them in. Um, and people have asked recently when I put out the posts about the show saying, what kind of questions you're looking for? Give me anything you want. Um, this is maybe an opportunity for people in the past who have asked kind of stand-up related questions or questions about comedy that I've kind of stayed away from because other podcasts or other shows maybe don't go down that road as much. But this is your opportunity to ask anything. And um, the easiest way to do that is just get in touch through the socials. The socials? See, this is what I mean. Talking fucking nonsense. Get in touch through the socials through the socials that's quite a difficult thing to say I don't know if it's my accent or I'm having a stroke anyway um, we'll do some new stuff we'll do some listeners questions I've got another wee bit that's going to come up um, as well on the show but we won't talk about that too much just now I'll tease that with you later on um, aye, we'll see how it goes but episode 1 of the Battlefield show man fucking hell now some people might say what's the Battlefield big man life Life is the battlefield, right? So there you go. Uh, this week, I've not done much. I've had quite a nice chilled week. Um, I had some lovely gigs last weekend in Edinburgh, nice and local. Um, was gigging with the wonderful Raymond Merns, uh, an incredible comic who you should check out. Um, I've not actually gigged with Mernsy for quite some time, so it was nice to catch up. Um, and as you are listening to this on the 7th of October... I will just have finished two tour dates um, on the 5th and 6th in Irvine at the Harbour Arts Centre and Cumbernauld Theatre. Um, obviously because I'm recording this before I've done them, I don't know how they'll go, but I imagine they've gone fucking well because I am great. <laughs> it's the first day I'm taking a tour show to Irvine deep in God's country so that'll be good I played Harbour Arts years and years ago um, but it's the first time I've been there with my own show so I'm very much looking forward to that it's a lovely wee room tickets are selling alright um, and then Cumbernauld's pretty much sold it it's always a good night in Cumbernauld so that should be good there and actually if you didn't manage to make it along to Cumbernauld um, don't worry there's going to be a date early 2020 Um so that'll go on sale pretty soon. But there's some more tour dates and stuff coming up, but we'll talk about that later on. Um, one thing I did this week was I went to one of my favourite places, Ikea. Ikea. What did we do before Ikea? MFI. B&Q. Remember you had to get, a, like a, people would buy furniture built up and get it lugged up the fucking stairs? Jesus Christ. It is amazing though that when flat pack furniture first came out, like imagine that as a concept. Then you have had years of buying furniture 
and then trying to sell to people, we, we could get these fuckers to build this in the house. Shut up, Franco. No, mate, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, right? We'll give them a wee spanner and one of the wee Allen keys, mate, right? A tiny wee one that's no big enough to actually fucking turn the bolts tight enough. And we'll make them build it themselves. Whereas now that's just common part of life. Building flat pack furniture. To the point where it's even spawned its own visit. I'm sure I saw a guy, like a working, like a handyman on, on his van, flat pack specialist. A flat pack specialist. We're all flat pack specialists! What, what, how have you, I mean, what have you done to, to say that? I've built a bed, a wardrobe, a chest of drawers, and a fucking dresser thing. I'm a flat pack specialist! Next time you're in work, you're out in the pub, dinner party, wherever the fuck he's go, try to chat up the opposite sex, or the same sex, whoever you chat up, whoever you want to chat up, and they say, what is it you do? I'm actually a, a customer service specialist and uh, a flat pack specialist. What? Subtitles to that is, I walk in a call centre and I've built a fucking wardrobe. But this guy said he was a flat pack specialist. I do enjoy IKEA. There's something, there's something calming about it. There's something... There's something kind of inspirational about Ikea right and they've got enough things priced at a quid that you can always buy something when you go right so even if you go for a wander you know on your skin buy a scented candle right pound so you get a wee bit of that retail therapy buzz but one thing with Ikea that I find Maybe not so much now because I've got the missus right and she's the designer so she's got that design eye but me myself as a normal punter a bloke when I walk around Ikea and I see like you know they've got the rooms set up like living room, kitchen, bathroom you know what rooms are right we've all got rooms in our house unless you don't have a house and I apologise but I imagine at some point you've been in a room so you see the rooms now, I could, I could go into a living room in Ikea, right? I could buy every fucking item that is displayed in that setup. Take it back to my house and it'll look like a pile of shit. <laughs> I don't know... I don't know what you... I mean, that's a skill, you know, it's what, interior designer, is that what they're called? You know, that's a skill. Whereas you see, you see people blazing around Ikea, throwing fucking scatter cushions and all sorts of shit in your trolley, and you go, I bet your house still looks like a shale. <laughs> now, I bet, I bet you must be 90% of all houses in the UK must have something for Ikea in it. In fact, it must be more than that. I bet you the Queen's even get something for Ikea in her house. 
Easily. No, I don't know why I said the Queen. It's not as if I'm using old Lizzie as a, a measuring stick for anything else, but... Think about that, man. Think, like, every fucking house in this country has probably got at least one thing for Ikea in it. It's fucking insane. But I do, I do enjoy, I do enjoy Ikea. I was in there uh, the other day. Never had meatballs, though, um, which was upsetting. Um... I was going to get a wee hot dog on the way out, but I'm going to be honest with you, the food bit was stinking. I don't know what was going on. It smelled like, you know, old fat, like dirty oil in the fryer or something. Didn't smell good, so I abandoned that idea. Um, you know, one thing that does annoy me in Ikea, though, see these renegade fucking assholes that walk into the flow of traffic? Get in the fucking sea. There's, there's a reason why it's laid out that way, right? Obviously, it's laid out that way to get you to buy stuff. Now, if you're one of these nutters that goes straight to the downstairs section, fair enough, okay? You're obviously no in there for a wander to get out the house, to escape. That's fine. You're there. You're on a mission. You've got to get a scatter cushion, an offcut, a pillowcase, a deed plant, whatever it is you're getting, right? Napkin holder. Knife sharpener, spatula, blind, uh, futon, <laughs> whatever you're getting. You do get some people who go into IKEA straight down the bottom section. They're no fucking about. They don't want to look in the rooms. They know what they're here for. In and out, bash, bash, bosh. Then there are people like me, a casual shopper who enjoy the surroundings. So we will go with the flow. Now, even if you're upstairs, downstairs, whatever you are, go with the flow. Don't be one of these ball bags that goes in the exit and then walks head on into traffic. Don't be that guy. Because I'm telling you, there's nothing, there's nothing worse. It tests my rage to the limit when I am laden with fucking shit that your missus is giving you as you're walking around Ikea. Stuff you don't need. You know? But you'll fucking take it anyway. Because, hey, how many more cushions can we get on the sofa? At least another one, she says. And I'm carrying all this stuff, barely seeing over the top of this fucking oversized cushion, and then some ball bag is walking into the floor of traffic. Don't be that guy, man. Just don't be that guy. Another thing like here. Here's one question to ask yourself, right? Do you have children? Now think of this as a flowchart for going to IKEA. Are you going to IKEA, yes or no? Yes. Go to step two. Do you have children? Yes. Go to the next step. Are those children with you? Yes. Stay at home. They're it. Simple flow. Are those children with you? No. Continue to IKEA. I don't have kids, right? But I used to be a child. Now, admittedly, I was a child in the 80s when the famous saying was children should be seen and not heard. And I don't know when that has changed. I don't know. I imagine there's a chemical imbalance that happens in you when you have children. But what is it about people in Ikea 
with their families, suddenly the, the world around them no longer exists. People screaming at each other. I saw two kids, I mean, I don't know if they were testing this sofa, but they were they were bouncing. They were jumping about like a pair of ball bags on this sofa. And mum and dad, just oblivious. It's not happening. Just ignoring it. And she's saying, do you think that would look nice in, in the back room? Do you think that would look nice in the back room? Fucking control your wins. Or two, I, do, I, I saw a husband, I assume the husband and wife, because both of them look miserable, um, having a full-on ding-dong. We're going with the flow, right? So obviously I was like, hey, everybody here knows what's happening. We're walking with the flow of traffic. And this woman just spun around and grabbed her husband by the wrist. And I went, oh, here we go. And she said, I mean, screamed into his face, if you don't sort yourself out, we're going home. And I thought, oh my God, this is brilliant. And then I did follow them for, actually, I scooted ahead and I said to the missus, I was like, she's just fucking kicked off at him. And then we followed him for about two minutes to see if it would escalate but he never he never took the bait shit so but ikea um wonderful place <laughs> i don't know what it is about it that i enjoy so much man also free coffee man ikea family member yes please but i was in ikea good times one thing i was thinking about when i was going in obviously we've all seen fucking greta soppy bollocks right the um climate change activist now that's one thing i was thinking about when i was walking around ikea the amount of waste or the, the amount of energy it costs to make all this stuff and transport it around the world that's one thing i've been thinking about i've seen a lot of people i mean two things right the first thing that's upsetting about that lassie is she does look like Stephen merchant she looks like Stephen merchant's daughter right so it's terrifying because now when I see her, I just think, that's fucking Stephen Merchant. And I've seen a lot of people getting angry about it. Like, like grown men and women. Who the fuck does she think she is? It's a wee lassie, man. She's 16 year old. Right, and she's got Asperger's. So if you say it, that's a hate crime. <laughs> I bet her parents are fucking delighted. <laughs> Um, I'm Mr. and Mrs. Sloppy Bollocks, I'm very sorry about your, your chair has Asperger's. They're probably thinking, fucking, she's a card counter, let's get to Vegas. No, no, she just knows all the facts about climate change. Never fly Qantas. Now, when I watched the speech, right, and I think you should watch it, the address to the UN, and I imagine that we all switch off at the exact same point. Uh, it was moving that's not the right word funny when she's good how dare you how dare you take away my life how dare you <laughs> that's taken three decades <laughs> but I'm a free man <laughs> I was on board with going like oh right Amazon's burning Fucking, you're having barbecues in March. You know, ice caps are melting. Fish are dying. She's upset. Here's another wee side fact. This week I found out, if you keep a goldfish in the dark, you starve it of light. 
for a certain period of time, a length of time I do not want you to know. But if you keep it in the dark, it'll turn white. So I can get down the fair, speak to some gypsies and get yourself a goldfish. Get it in the urn cupboard, see if it turns white. Anyway, so she wasn't happy and rightly so. The world's fucked, right? The world's fucked. But I did switch off when she started on about the... It, it was the whole... Uh, there's 1.5 billion carbon neutrons of Earth in the carbon sea against the salt-activated air of the water. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Nobody knows! Nobody knows. That's when I switched off. Now, I, I would have been on board with it if she went, How dare you? How dare you steal our future from the children? You are, I do not wish to believe you are evil men. Now, and what she should have done was, but if you continue to ignore the science, we will shoot a dog every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> she should have watched enough documentaries in her life to know the evil only response to violence. Now, I'm not condoning violence, right? But all I'm saying is, the situation in Hong Kong started to get a bit more press and coverage when cunts started getting smashed and rubber bullets started getting fired, right? That's all I'm saying. Now, I think that we all know, and here's the other thing that people are getting angry about with the climate change stuff, they're not talking to you, right? They're not talking to me. They're not talking to you. They're talking to important cunts, right? So don't get all worked up about this. People going, see that Greta man, fucking the chica that lassie. She's not talking to you, right? Does not matter? You put your stuff in the recycling. You know, you walk to work. You cycle. You do what you do. She's not talking to you, right? She's talking to governments. She's talking to important people. Is it going to happen? I don't know. I'll be surprised. Because, well, one of two things will happen, right? Either Greta will keep going and then she'll get found inside a hold all zipped up in somebody's toilet and the fucking MI6 will say she's done it herself. Or, they'll just keep putting her on first-class jets and fancy yachts around the world. Then they'll get her on a coke habit, they'll put 10 million in her bank account, and she'll become one of them. (laughs) 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 What a twist in the story that would be if, like, in 10 years, we greet a soppy bollocks and standing, like, with a Rolex watch and a man suit on as a government activist for the fucking coal industry (laughs) what I said back then was immature and unfounded and now I think that we should continue to burn the Amazon (laughs) fucking vape (laughs) (laughs) fucking can't get a Tesla motor half Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator's getting you a Tesla motor Fuck me. I tell you, see if I had a 15, 16 year old kid to know, 
I'd be getting a media train and fucking getting them out there. Go and make Mondas some money. No, all I got was X Factor. No, it's fucking getting your way and reading up on climate change. Obviously, the world is fucked, right? Does it? Here's my question. Because I think I'm a normal person. And I'm, I imagine most people listening to this are normal people. Normal in the sense that, you know, you get up, you go to work, you have a job, you know, you get a message, you get a family, whatever, friends, you know, you have a drink. You're just a normal person, right? You're not a bad person, you're a normal person. And when all this stuff picks up about climate change, you maybe ask yourself, what the fuck am I meant to do? I've already got nine bins. I've got nine bins! You know, I used to have one bin. And that get picked up fucking every week. Now I've got nine bins. And they get picked up once a month, if I'm lucky. But somehow it's my fault. I don't know what else we can do. I've even started thinking about things like in uh, supermarkets when I see like packaging and stuff. And I'm going, what? what is the, what's the kind of middle ground on this? Because you go far to one side, right? The extreme would be, the two extremes are probably, we continue on the way we're going, which we know we can't do. Or the other extreme is you go to these hipster fucking fancy supermarkets, you know, where it's like, there's no packaging, there's no way, so you take like an old fucking bin bag and a jam jar in and fill it with Smarties and special K. You know, you get your fruit and your veg and you go to the meat counter and you stick slices of ham in your pocket because there's no packaging, right? You roll up some bacon, poke it in your ears, fill a backpack up with mince. <laughs> get you the bananas, apples, whatever fruit you want, some dry goods, you go to the checkout, and you maybe say to yourself, right, hey, if this was little, right, we're talking about what, 20 quid, 20 quid, right? And they scan it up, and they say to you, 64.50, and you go, what, you, what? Because a lot of this is, is money, a lot, a lot of life is money, right? People haven't got money. Normal people haven't got money, and see the money you have got, you want to spend that on a holiday. You want to spend it on Sky Telly. You want to be able to have a pint, watch your football, go for dinner every now and again. You know? That's what you want to do. You don't want to have to think, I'm going to need to spend an extra £200 a month for my shopping so that I'm cutting down on the amount of packaging that I'm having. So I think what I'm trying to say is it is our responsibility in a, in a sense to think about the world we live in but there's no point in getting angry about things like that because these people are only talking to you. You know, you're, you're not going to have the power or the influence on whether Tesco cuts down its packaging, you know. Same way we're not going to have influence on whether Amazon starts paying its fucking tax bill. Or Google. Or Facebook. You know? 
any one of these fuckers started paying their way, maybe there's more money for climate change. I don't know. The truth is, I don't know enough about it. I don't know enough about it. But I do know when stuff like that comes out. And the rage it seems to bring in people is insane, man. But hey, maybe we all need to buy a reusable coffee mug and a metal straw. <laughs> Stop the turtles fucking inhaling plastic straws. Why are turtles snorting plastic straws anyway? Well, I mean, maybe there's questions here that need to be asked. I don't know. God, we're half an hour into this. Hey, still with me? Come on, team, stick here. One thing that's been going well for me is, uh, is the gym. I started doing this couch to 5K. Now, I'll be honest, again, I get into a lot of stuff. Um, and as we go on through these podcasts, you'll know that I, I ramble um, without having any idea of what it is I'm trying to say or any extensive knowledge in the subject. But why should that stop somebody talking about something just because you know nothing about it? I've actually got... Three bullet points on my notepad here. Ikea, Gretty Sopper Bollocks and the gym. So I did a couch to 5k. Um, well, I'm still doing it. I'm three weeks in it. I actually thought it was like... I thought you'd be running 5k straight off the bat, right? So I was shitting myself. And when my missus uh, suggested we do it, I thought, I'll, I'll fucking die. Because I'm still like 21 stone. Do you mean I'm still... Maybe, maybe 20 stone now, but... I'm still a heavy unit, do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, I'm a, I'm a big boy, right? Always been a big boy, broad, sh- broad shoulders, a uh, big unit. But you, you feel your weight, man, when you, when you run, right? Like, weights and certain cardio stuff, um, I don't mind doing the gym, but I've never liked running. I've, I've hated running since day one, man. Even when I played rugby and I was, like, proper physically fit, like, you know, district playing a good level I hated it so I was I was nervous man right doing this couch to 5k because I did think straight off the bat you've got to start running 5k and what happens is now it's it's kind of it's pathetic when you say it out loud right but trust me it's it's fucking heavy duty man it splits it up into like a half hour thing so you walk for five minutes as a warm up and then you walk at the end for five minutes as a cool down right so realistically you're doing like 20 minutes running and what you do is you walk for 90 seconds and you run for 60 seconds, right? Now, 60 seconds, a minute, in your head is not a long time. But when you're running, right, if you've never ran before, it's it's sad to admit, but it's a lot. Right, it's a big thing. But it's a, it's a good start, and it was a good start for me. And the first time I'd done it, I was, I was sweating, man, I was knackered, you know? So I think you do like eight runs for a minute where, where I walk in between it and you've got to try and keep the pace up and then you move on to like the next week and the one you do like three a week and the next time is you run for a minute and a half and you walk for two minutes I think and even that was oddly thinking right I'm only running an extra 30 seconds but if you look at it in percentage that's a 50% increase in what you were doing the week before you know so you, you need to look at it like that you can't just look at it as Fucking hell, I'm still blowing up my ass running 90 seconds. But it's amazing how quickly your body can become kind of acclimatised to stuff because oddly what I was doing is I, I I tried no look at the clock 
because it's got a timer, right? So I try and run because my biggest thing that holds me back on anything is my mind. Um, so if I start to get the thought in my head like, oh, no, I, I, I can't run, then that's it, I'll shut down. So I try not, deliberately not to look at the clock so I don't know how long I'm running for in the hope that I will hear in my ear um, Michael Johnson going, that's you, time to slow down. And then I'll start walking again. <coughs> but it's odd that because my body's become used to running for a minute, I literally, every time I look at the clock, there's 30 seconds to go. Every single time, and that's when I feel tired. But it's becoming easier. It's becoming easier. And, it, and it's a good way to do it, those kind of small increments. And then as I move on to this week, I've not actually looked at it yet, but I think I'm maybe running for two minutes this time. I imagine because of the running that I've been doing that when I get to 90 seconds, you know, you'll start to feel that kind of tiredness. And it, and it is a good way to just keep building and keep building and keep building. I've got no interest in, like, running 10k or absolutely no interest in running a marathon. Even if I was fit enough to run a marathon, fuck, I've no interest in it whatsoever. But it, it, hopefully it's a good way to lose some weight. Um, feeling a bit healthier, eating a bit better. Some people have been getting <laughs> hell of abuse some of the stuff I was posting up about the food that was made. I, I used to I, I am a decent cook man. I used to cook a lot years and years ago and I'm kind of slowly getting back into cooking again I, I love cooking and because my missus is a vegetarian so I've been trying to kind of eat along with her and kind of cook some stuff that, that both of us can have together and uh, it's been good man, it's been alright some of the corn stuff is fucking diabolical <coughs> But some of it's not too bad. The one thing it still gets me is like when they call it chicken nuggets and stuff. You're going, that isn't a chicken. Right, fuck knows what it is. Just call it soya nugget. That's what it is, it's soya. Just call it that. I don't know why vegans and vegetarians are obsessed by still hanging on to the names and stuff. You know? Mac and cheese. That isn't it. You know, it's mac and cashew butter. A hamburger, a chicken burger, no, isn't it? Call it what it is, a soy patty. Anyway, some of the stuff's been alright. Some of it's pretty awful, but, <coughs> excuse me, I've, uh, I've been going to the gym. The one thing that annoys me the most about the gym is that, now, my gym, as I imagine, if, if you go to a gym, most gyms will have it. You, you scan in, right? So you scan your wee card, the gate's open, you walk through. That should be a body scanner. I've said this for years, man. There are people in my gym who should not be near a gym. If you are going to a gym to get fit, right, then see when you become fit, you shouldn't go to that gym. See if you're going to that gym to pose, to stand in all your... See also if you're head to toe in Gymshark, stay in the house, all right? Stay in the house. I'm gone in an old t-shirt and whatever pair of shorts I can find because I'm going there to work up a sweat and lose some fucking chunk. If you are going head to toe in gym shark, fuck off. See if you're also cutting the sleeves off your t-shirt to show off your fucking wee tattoos. Stay in the house. Gyms should be for unhealthy, fat people trying to get fit. Make, make another place 
for, for the beautiful ones to go. Right? Obviously, you don't need, don't need to call it a gym. Call it whatever you want. A fucking... Uh, a fucking podium. Right? <laughs> call it a fucking podium. You say, have you got a gym membership? No, I've got, got a membership to the fucking podium. And people will know you're beautiful. And you're chiseled. Right? And the rest of us fuckers can go to the gym. The gymnasium. And get healthy. I walk past people in, in my gym and I go, well, what are you doing in here? This fucking cunt's get eight packs, nine packs. You know, muscles and tartar muscles. Yeah, be gone. Wee lasses. Gym shark reps. Me and my missus saw a woman. Full makeup. A full fucking face of makeup. Hair done. Head to toe gym shark. Walking on a treadmill. What are you doing here? That scanner should be placed at the front of the shop. When you walk in, scans your BMI. And if your BMI is healthy, the gates shut. Membership cancelled. And off you go to the fucking podium. <laughs> Same way, treadmills should have scales built on them. So when I'm running, you know, if you've been in the gym a couple of months and you're working away, you've lost a bit of weight, you know, you've transformed. Somebody just comes up to you, taps you in the shoulder and says, your membership's been cancelled, Mr Gibson. And then you'll press stop in the treadmill, you know, allow it to come to a rest. You stand off. The, the member of staff puts his hand out he shakes your hand and says, congratulations. And a single tear runs down your face because you know what this means. You know? This means that all that hard work, intermittent fasting, denying yourself empire biscuits and full fat coke for months has finally paid off because you are now one of the beautiful people. And you will walk through that gym for the final time as fat munters turn and applaud. A slow clap. Like fucking cool runnings. You know? And they cheer you going, ah, Wallace, Wallace. And you leave that gym knowing unless there is another spell of poor mental health or a breakup, you'll never return to that gym again because you are now a beautiful person. And you'll give hope. You'll inspire those poor souls still trapped in that never-ending cardio cycle. But that's what a gym should be. That's what a gym should be, man. gym should be for people trying to get healthy. And when you get healthy, <laughs> you fuck off. I don't know what I'm saying, man. Right, let's move on. Okay, um, one thing I want to do, kind of regular, semi-regular, we'll see how it goes. 
is um, a little bit about Scotland, about my Alba. Um, being a Scotsman, um, I am often asked things about Scotland, and I have not a fucking clue. Mostly happens when I when I'm travelling with gigs. Um, other acts will ask you stuff about Scotland, or even at the Fringe, for example, when you meet a lot of Americans, like, oh my god, I love whiskey. Like, what's the origin of whiskey? I'm like, I'm not got a fucking clue. In it. So, I thought, since I know fuck all of my native country, uh, and I'm sure most people don't, that we will learn of Scotland together. So, as the episodes grow, I will give you some facts about Scotland. Um, we have some stories about interesting people or times in history. Who knows? But together through the Battlefield show, we will learn about our great country. So let's do it. Play the track. Here we go. Doesn't it make you proud to be Scottish? Okay. Fact one. Now, I can still remember when I heard this. I was in a building site as a labourer many moons ago. Uh, and when the person told me, I thought, he's talking absolute shite, this boy. And then I googled it, and it's true. Um, most of you will know this. National animal of Scotland is a unicorn. Eww. A unicorn. Fictional animal. National animal of Scotland. Now, if that doesn't tell the world we have a sense of humour, I don't know what is. England. Lions. Wales. Dragon. Irish. Guinness. Scotland. Unicorn. Uh, that's not actually a real animal. Uh, it's, I want a fucking unicorn, you can't. Unicorn is the national animal of Scotland. Fact two. Scotland has the highest proportion of redheads in the world, around 13% of the population. Now, that's a fact with some caveats, right? Because I imagine 13% of the population is redhead, but within that percentage, you will have gingers. Because there is a difference between a redhead and a ginger. A redhead is an attractive man or woman with red hair. And a ginger is an ugly Scottish bastard with red hair. Again, man or woman. Okay? Because sometimes you'll meet people and you'll go, um, I'm a redhead. And you go, no, you're an ugly ginger bastard. And then other time, you'll meet people and they'll say like, oh, I'm, I don't like being ginger. And you go, no, no, you are not a ginger. You... Or a beautiful redhead, Stephen. A beautiful redhead. Fact three. Scotland is home of the world's tallest hedge. That's right. <laughs> if any of you thought these facts were going to be fucking interesting, you're right. Home of the world's tallest hedge. Stick that up your ass, America. Tallest hedge. Located on the A93 Perth to Blair Gowrie Road, a classic road, if you've ever been doing it. If you've not, you'll be jumping in the car right now and driving there. A93, tallest hedge in the world. The hedge is over 1,700 feet in length. Fuck me! And 100 feet high. Now that's a hedge. That's a, that's a forest. Fuck trimming that bastard. Is that, is that somebody's hedge? Why am, why am I asking you as if you can respond? Obviously get in touch with the show and respond. Is this a person's hedge or is it just a little hedge 
that's just there. God knows. There you go. There's your facts for this episode. National animals are unicorn. 13% is a ginger. Scotland's home with the largest hedge. Doesn't it make you proud to be Scottish? Right, um, let's do some news. Um, we're going to look at some news items from around the world. Um, also here in Bonnie, Scotland and the rest of the UK. If in the future you've got any news items that you see or any uh, stories or, or any topics that you'd like me to discuss or, or look at, um, then please get in touch. Um, and we will do that in future episodes. ScottGibsonComedy.co.uk is the website. All the links to the social media pages, I said it right that time, are on there. And there's a contact page in the website. And there's member join the mailing list if you haven't already done so. Right, let's do the news. Play the jingle! Today's headline. Man farts aggressively at police. World's biggest Nigel gathering in England. And jihadi baby born in the US. Top of the shop. Man farts aggressively at police. Um, it's obviously quite a serious, <laughs> serious news items that we're covering. Um... Now, first of all, I will say, this is a Scottish man, um, he, we'll read the headline, man spared jail for farting aggressively at police and saying, how do you like that? <laughs> this guy should be, like, Secretary of State, right? This is, uh, this is what's wrong with, like, politics and the world now, we are... We are not engaging with real people. This man alone. <laughs> he he would lead, need the smallest amount of financial backing to become a politician. He could simply go door to door and they'd say, what, what are your credentials, young man? I'm the guy who farted aggressively in a policeman's face and then said, how do you like that? You've got my vote. <laughs> um... Right, let's read this. A man has been given a community sentence after farting in the general direction. The general direction? I mean, talk about fucking legal system overreacting. In the general direction of police during a strip search. <laughs> during a strip search! <laughs> this can't be the first time a police has been farted during a strip search. A judge let rip. Oh, come on, Metro. You're better than this. A judge let rip that Stuart Cook, 28, when he appeared in court for drugs offences. Go on, Stuart boy. After he was stopped by police. Officers got wind. Oh, Jesus, Metro. Officers got wind that something was amiss when they saw him at the side of the road following a crash at the Langstrach in Aberdeen. Oh, it's Aberdeen. Of course. Flying the flag for the Northern Nutters. As they approached, their nostrils were filled with a strong whiff of cannabis. So they took it because did they? Maybe he was just trying to fart to disguise his smell of cannabis in his car. Imagine two bams getting pulled by the post going, Franco, it's fucking stinking in here. Shit yourself, Stevie. Just shit yourself, mate. Disguise the smell of the weed, mate. Fucking shit your breeks. 
The Metro goes on to say, feeling that he had been dealt a bum deal, oh, these are just poor now, Cook became irate as he was handcuffed and started shouting at police. He continued to vent on his way to Kitty Brewster Police Station, screaming explosives and puffing out his chest towards the officers. Oh, he means fucking business, man. At the station, he was strip-searched and asked to bend over. Oh, aye. That's when he deliberately broke wind, saying to the officers, how do you like that? <laughs> that would be worth, that would be worth doing a lie-in for. It would be, man. I mean, if I was the judge, I would be, I'd be struggling to keep a straight face, even if this was brought to court. You, you need to take that opportunity. A policeman tells you to bend over for a strip search and you feel that rumble in your gut and you think, oh my God, this is divine intervention. God himself is giving me the green light for this. And he farts in his face and then hits it with a zinger. How'd you like that? <laughs> Cook from Stonehaven, Aberdeenshire, had previously attempted to, uh, sorry, previously admitted to possession of cannabis and to behaving in a threatening or abusive manner by shouting and screaming aggressively, displaying aggressive body language um, towards the police. Defence solicitor, my God, defence solicitor. Laura Gracie said her client had been involved in a minor traffic accident. She said he'd been smoking a cannabis joint at the time and felt police overreacted in the way they dealt with him. I probably agree with you, Laurie. I imagine they did overreact. Uh, Sheriff Ian Wallace ordered Cook to carry out 75 hours of unpaid work. What would his work entail? I have absolutely no idea. First museum, absolute belter. Um, second, world's biggest gathering of Nigels. I mean, you know... Sometimes you've got nothing else to do. This is fucking Dave Gorman that we need to blame for this shit. Um, 433 people with the same name gathered at a pub over the weekend to celebrate Nigelness. What is Nigelness? Just having a name doesn't make you something. Right? Just because you're called Nigel doesn't mean you all display a certain type of quality. Although... Going by the picture, which you can see, uh, see sort of metro.co.uk, it looks like everyone of them is a fucking right boring cunt. And they're all of a certain age. Maybe Nigel is a name that's dying out. Maybe eventually there'll be a documentary, The Last Living Nigel. <laughs> Louis Theroux searches for the last remaining Nigel. The party at the Fleece Inn in Worcestershire is believed to have set the record for the number of Nigels gathered as it was organised by landlord Nigel Smith, age 56. He hopes he's done his bit to help put the name back in the map. What the fuck are you talking about, Nigel? Put the name back in the map with his vent in the village of Brefferton, which also raised money for the British Heart Foundation. Ah, alright, Nigel, you're doing your bit. I concede. Uh, although, how do you raise money by just gathering hunters and Nigels? He said, I've always felt the names much maligned. People would say to me as a young Nigel that you that's got to be a joke name. People would say to me as a young Nigel that's got to be a joke name. Why is Nigel a joke name? Is this is this what classes as banter in Worcestershire? No wonder I've never gagged in Worcestershire. So it was really just to see uh, how many Nigels we could get together in the same room to share Nigel stories. They're just stories, mate! 
They're just stories. Having a name, Nigel, doesn't make you any different than a fucking Peter or a John or a Stevie. What the fuck is this guy all about? Why am I getting angry with this? Who cares? Uh, Mr. Smith uh, first started making plans for a Nigel theme get-together a couple of years back when he was a bit shocked to find Office for National Statistics data suggested there had been no babies named Nigel in 2016. Thank God for that! Nigel is not a baby's name. You don't look at a baby... If, if I saw a friend, family member, relative, and they had a newborn baby, and I look in the pram, or they call a, a lovely wee chubby bundle of joy, and I say, oh my God, what is their name? And they go, Nigel. I'd be like, what? Nigel Smith said we got 433 Nigels together last night plus another thousand non-Nigels who came along for a laugh. <laughs> it's good to see non-Nigels are welcomed in as well. Um, let's scroll down. This is this is far too much of a, of a, of a story here. How the fuck have they managed to get so much content out of 433 Nigels. After the shock of a Nigel free year in 2016, ONS statistics show there have been nearly 20 babies who have been given the name over the last couple of years. So there's 20 poor bastards out there. Young chubby babies called Nigel. And there's a wee picture of them. All with Nigel t-shirts. And look at that, he's got a, a premium ale in his pub called The Mad Nigel. Well done mate, that's some good free publicity for the pub, world's biggest gathering of Nigel's 433 um, in the Fleece in Worcestershire. That was a shaggy story. That was not as good as the guy farting the pool in his face. That's still my favourite so far. Right, final news story. Jihadi baby born in the US. Um, this is quite a, a worrying um, a worrying news story. Um, I don't know if the, the forces, whether it be MI5 or CIA, are involved in this, but they, they need to look into the need to look into this child. Um, a baby born on 9/11 at 9/11 p.m. weighing nine pound eleven ounces. If that is not a sign from Bielsa himself, I have no idea. An American couple uh, gave birth. Well, the couple didn't. The woman did. She did all the work. Don't try and take any responsibility here, mate. You've done fuck all. A US couple have welcomed a £9.11 ounce baby, that's a big baby, on September the 11th at 9.11pm. They described the baby as a piece of joy or the child of the devil. <laughs> Christina Brown was delivered via cesarean section because she's a fucking giant baby at a hospital in Germantown, Tennessee. Um, when she was born, the doctor rep repeatedly cried a number of times. Oh my goodness, I've got a 9-11 on 9-11 at 9-11. Surely saying 9-11 in America is like saying bomb in an airport, right? You, you just don't do it. And this doctor is screaming out, I've got a 9-11 on 9-11 at 9-11. Also, it's 11-9. Right, let's just make that clear. This whole month before the day thing... 
he's a fucked out. Um, according to a Facebook post shared by the hospital, shared by the hospital, Miss um, Brown said we had emotions and felt it. You just had a baby. You just had a baby. Of course you're feeling emotions. That's the full. That's the full extent of your Facebook post. You've just had a fucking a nearly ten pound baby by C-section, and your post is, we had emotions and we felt it. 18 years later, on a day, 9-11, you find triumph. You find a piece of joy from a day that was so drastic and still hurts. What have they called her? No told us that. They've no told us that. Unbelievable. Maybe you'll call her. No, that's, that's too much. <laughs> I'm self-censoring here. I'm getting better. There you go. That's your news stories for this episode. Man farts aggressively at police. That's obviously my favourite. World's biggest Nigel gathering and jihadi baby born on 9-11 at 9-11 weighing £9.11 ounces. That's your news. Okay, team, that is us. You cheeky wee rascals. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, and listening to the very first ever episode of the Battlefield show. The plan is for me to do these every week. So, um, however you get your podcasts, uh, please subscribe to the show and tune in. Um, get in touch if you've got any questions for episode two or if there's anything you want to ask me. Uh, the best way to do that is go to the website scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk. While you're there, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the mailing list. It is the best way to keep in touch with myself uh, and to get updated with different gigs uh, and one-off specials and different stuff that I'm doing. As the show builds, there will be some um, exclusive content coming out. And if you're on the mailing list, that's the best way to hear about it. There are some tour shows coming up. Um, if you're listening to this on the 7th, October the 11th, I'm in Aberdeen for the Aberdeen Comedy Festival. Um, and then on the 16th of October... I am doing a new material night in Edinburgh at the Gilded Basement. Um, that will be me doing uh, about 50 minutes of, of new stuff. Um, and then I'm doing a new material night in Glasgow on November 3rd. Um, so please do come along to that. But go to the website. There's a whole load of uh, tour dates on there. Uh, the big Glasgow show on December 1st is also on sale. So go to the website and check it out. The music is playing. We better wrap this up. Thank you so much indeed for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Get in touch, like it, share it, subscribe, and I'll see you in the battlefield soon. Onwards!
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.